Okay, Shalom Ubracha. We're getting closer to Tisha B'Av, and it's not easy. In our context, you can see that the nine days from Rosh Chodesh to Tisha B'Av are like the nine Hechalot in this lesson 24. Where you see Simcha, he says in the lesson, is going upwards. With the Simcha of the Mitzvah, you elevate from the Klipot to, in the sphere of Netzach Hod Yesod. And then it keeps on going up. It goes the next stage up to Chesed Givorot Tiferet. And then it goes up to Chochmah Binadat. And then it hits the Keter and bounces back. So if now upwards is Simcha, so the bounce on the Keter is the opposite direction. So it's Avelut, it's the opposite of Simcha. Because you're being refrained. He says in the lesson, you can't go further because if the, the mitzvah is driving a person to go forward and forward and forward, up, 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 up. But then if you keep on going, the person will disappear, will be in Ein Sof. That's how he explains it, Rabbeinu, in the lesson. So the bounce is to push him back. And the bouncing creates nine kelim, nine hechalot, to receive the orange Sof. So this bouncing back is Avelut. It's the opposite of Simcha. Simcha was going up, up, up. So now you stop, you bounce the person back. So it's Avelut, meaning the opposite of the feeling that you are serving Hashem and you have Sipuk, you have... You have, you have satisfaction in what you're doing. The bounce back is, oh my God, where am I? I crashed and this and that. This is the secret. To be able to be happy even though there's no real reason to be happy on the re- re- revealed level. Deep inside, yes, there's a reason. But you're being bounced back. This idea of Tisha B'Av is that hidden in the Avelut is the secret to receive the Orient Sof. We need, we need, we need Tisha B'Av for now. That's, we can't just say, okay, so let's just serve Hashem B'Simcha. And there's no need for Avelut. It's a good question. Why, why should there be room for Avelut in Judaism? If now the key for everything is Simcha, and to believe that everything is for the good, is part of Judaism, why enforce in Halacha Mitzvot Avelut, which encourage us to be sad? Lichora. Right? Makes, it's a good question. If now all of Judaism is to look at things positive, and all of a sudden you give us a Halacha in the Torah of Avelut, whether it's mourning for the Beit HaMikdash, mourning for relatives, mourning for tzaddikim. What is this? It's the exact opposite direction. That's the thing. This is the key. You have to have that bounce. The Avilut is not sadness and depression. That's Isur. That's Asur. To be sad, we're going to see. Atzvut is, 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 is dangerous. It's, it's, it's very dangerous to one's health, but we're going to go into that a little. <coughs> That's not that Inyan. The Inyan of Avilut is that I'm refrained from being besimcha on a revealed level. So it's a bounce back. And I have to work on believing that there's deep down inside something to be happy about. But in the meantime, it's dressed in sadness. As opposed to simcha mitzvah. Simcha mitzvah is revealed. It's out in the open. It's clear. I'm serving Hashem now. I'm putting on tzitzit. David Amalek says, I had a brit milah. Right? How can I be happy now? Because I have a brit milah. Wow. Right? Shalosani goi. I have something to build upon. Ba'avilut is a hidden simcha. I have to be quiet in the meantime, accepted by Muna that this is really for the good. But it's sad. It, it hurts and not sad. Like in other words, it's a mourning expression, but deep inside hidden in it is uh, happiness. That's why all mourning ends with a nichumim. There's a consolation at the end. If it's at the end of Tisha B'Av, it's at the end of the Shiva, the end of the, the Shloshim, the end of the year that a person's mourning, there's a consolation at the end of the road with Zatashim. So that seems to be the idea of Tisha B'Av and why nine? The number nine, because he says in the lesson, you have the Chokhmah Bina Dayat, they mix in three times three, becomes nine. That's what he says in the lesson there, right? So it's the, the nine chambers, the nine Hechalot created, fine. That's just on the side to, to show how it's related to, to what we're going through right now. We're going to go into a Gemara now that Rabbeinu touches upon. He brings a Pasuk that's in the Gemara, and we're going to build upon it, Bezat Hashem, to see how, how it fits in. The Gemara is in Brachot, and it's a very interesting Gemara because it's like the exact same story twice but with a different like answer let's see the Gemara inside it's the, <clears throat> the Gemara is talking how a person has to daven with COVID rush with respect and not to be so like happy and over you have to have the respect like you would in front of a king okay so because they go into this they go into the general attitude of Simcha which is based on the pasuk that they bring on the idea of the davening. Okay? So the Gemara says, 
were sitting before his Rebbe. That's how the Mepharshim explained it here. His Rebbe was Rabbah. So Rabbah is the Rebbe of Abaye. Chazye. This again, the interpretation of... Uh, it's, it's very open to interpretation, but the Maskana is that Rabbah saw Abaye. Chazye. Rabbah saw that his student, Abaye, was extremely happy. That he was very, very happy. Tuva means very happy. So Rabbah said, according to the Pshat, he was makpir on him. He was like, uh, what is this? He said, Rabbah said to his student, Abaye, The Pasuk reads in Tehilim, so that's, that's the same pasuk, yeah? You have to rejoice. Thank you. I knew I made a mistake. You have to rejoice. Gilu gila birada. Rada means trepidation, shaking. You know why you over happy? The pasuk says there has to be a limit in your joy. Ktiv. Amarle Abaye said to his Rabbi Rabba, Ana Tefillin Manachna. I am wearing Tefillin. In the present. It's a good question. What, Rabbi, you don't see that Abaye is wearing Tefillin? So the answer is he doesn't, doesn't know the power of the Tefillin? It sounds like a funny answer, but we'll go into this. He answered him, Abaye answered to his Rabbi Rabba, I'm wearing Tefillin, and because I'm wearing Tefillin, I am very happy. And I can rejoice. I don't have to be in trepidation. I can be uh, unlimited happiness. Okay, that's amazing. The Meiri on this Gemara, he says that it's forbidden for a person. It's coming up in this Gemara even. The Gemara says a person is forbidden in this world to over, over rejoice and have too much laughter in this world. But he says when it comes to doing mitzvot, when you're doing a mitzvot, there's no limit to this simcha. The Meiri says that. There's no limit. That was that's the Gemara here, that he was really extremely happy. He's allowed to be extremely happy because he's doing a mitzvah. But to be extremely happy over this world, there's no room for that. That's, that's, uh, that's false. <coughs> and there's no room for that. Okay? So he said, Amarli ana tefillin kemanachna. The Gemara brings another story. Rashi v- explains that, that the tefillin should protect a person is enough to bring out the hachnoah. But it doesn't fit into the pshat. It fits because the. Because he said, "Tuva, you're happy too much. There's no limitation." Oh, now the limitation is that the film brings out here. But there's no word that he's gonna come to color rush. Then I could bring out my complete simple because the film is mashlim, the year. I hear you. The Rambam explains. We're worried of coming to kalut rosh. So they explain how Rashi fits in with the Rambam. That Rashi says the tefillin on a person are a guard, protection, that he won't come to Kalut Rosh from the being too specific. When a person person's too happy, he begins to do stupid things, bad things, wrong things, tavot and everything. That's Kalut Rosh. So the tefillin are a barrier that he won't come to Kalut Rosh. That's the Rambam and Rashi no, together. You want to say? Uh, it's a little different. That... Uh, them edu shemamshelat koni and that's the pshat here. Fine, but they, they, they interpret it differently. We're going to see in perspective of Rabbeinu how he's, how he's explaining. I hear what you're saying. It's a good question. In the Mepharshim, they say, this is Rashi Shita, Rashi Shita, Rashi Shita. And they say, there's other Shitot, finally. You know, it's, it's weird that they're saying that. You would think always Rashi is Kodesh Kodeshim. He is Kodesh Kodeshim. But we're not now going according to his uh, Mepharshim, Perush. The other Mepharshim say that, that it's Kipshuto, Mamash. That it's, a, it's like a guard. It, you, this is like more the Rambam, by the way. <clears throat> How they explain the Rambam. That as a person has... A guard that he won't come to Kalud Rosh. Even Rashi can interpret that way. Mashato alai. 
It's that even though I can be extremely happy, I won't come and fall from the Memshal of Koni. I won't come to do something against Hashem. They want to take Rashin and yes, put it together with the Rambam. Okay, Hem Edu, their testimony that, the, that Hashem is over me. So, what's the Chidus? So, so what that Hashem is over me? And therefore what? That even if I'm too happy, I won't overdo it. I won't fall off from Memshalet Koni. That's how they're taking Rashi, putting it together of the Rambam. Okay? Also Rashi here. Too much happiness. Because that's the worry. Person's too happy. I'm, I can do what I want. I'm happy. I have nothing. No one over me. We put a keep on head because as a reminder that there's someone always over us. But that's the thing. It's a guard. Even though I can, I can be on one hand extremely happy, and not be porek all. That's what the Rambam says. That's what the tefillin do on a person. A person has tefillin. He can be extremely happy, not worried that he's be porek all, because the tefillin remind him. As happy as he is, he won't come to do silly things against Hashem. He won't come to do to be poor at all. That's what the Rambam explains, and it's from this Gemara. They say the Mefarshim. Okay, that's the first part of the Gemara. The Gemara continues. Another story similar. Rabbi Yirmiya, who now was someone else. Watch. Rabbi Yirmiya, who was the student, was sitting before his Rabbi Rabbi Zera. Chazia, they explained that Rabbi Irma saw his Rebbe, Rabbi Zera. Okay, it's opposite now. Here it's the Talmud seeing the Rebbe that he's too happy. The Rebbe is too happy. Rabbi Irma saw that his Rebbe, Rabbi Zera, was extremely happy. This is the Mefarshim. You got to see in the Sifta. Who says how we interpret this and that? You got to see all the Mefarshim. You got to see it in the Sifta. He brings down everything there clearly. Okay. That's the best maskana. Is that the first part is is Rebbe is is Talmud Rebbe to Talmud, the the Rebbe rebuking the Talmud, and the second Gemara is that the Rebbe the Talmud is asking a question on the Rebbe. Even the Ben Ishchai he goes in that shita also. Okay, so the Rebbe Yirmiyah was sitting in front of Rabbi Zera, and he saw that Rabbi Zera the Havakaba Dachtuva, Amarle he asked his Rebbe the question. There's a pasuk in Mishlei, chapter 14, verse 26, I think verse 26. Bechol etzev yiyeh motar. That you need an appearance of atzvut. It's funny. It's like being exp- expressed positive. Whenever there's atzvut, yiyeh motar. There'll be a benefit. Motar means there's an advantage. There's a, there's a yetera. There's, a, there's an advantage over it. Whenever there's etzev, yiyeh motar. As if they say, ktiv. He's saying, why are you over happy? You should show some. some limitation in your joy because there's an advantage of having that. But also, you have the Yer Shemaim on you. You have Hashem over you. You won't come to do something silly. But he didn't say like the first Pasuk where it's like an order. A Rebbe to Talmud is not to say, Gilu birada. The Pasuk says, you should, it's like an order, a command. Gilu biradam. Be rejoicing in trepidation. It's like the Rebbe... Attacking, telling his Talmud, you have to be happy. You have to be beberada. And here the Talmud, out of respect, is saying, "But Rebbe, doesn't the pasuk say bechol etzev yemotar?" It's not like he's telling him what to do. Okay, so bechol etzev yemotar, you should have some restraint and restriction in your happiness. Amarle Rabbi Zera said to his Talmud, Rabbi Yirmiya, "Ana tefillin manachna." I'm wearing. Tefillin, the same answer, okay? So the Mefarshim going to this Gemara, why does it give this Gemara say two stories identical? So this is the answer given, the best answer given, is one is the Talmud to the Rebbe, and one is the Rebbe to the Talmud, okay? Which one is which we said? The first one is the Rebbe to the Talmud, and the second one is the Talmud to the Rebbe. But we have to now go a bit deeper, because we're going to see how Rabbeinu explains this Pasuk. Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, he explains this Pasuk, to show what klipot are. Klipot, what is a klipa? A klipa, in the translation, is a peel. Klipa, an orange peel, a banana peel. Klipa kadmalapri, you have a peel, which is protecting what's within it, okay? In itself, though, it's just useless. As long as it's protecting the fruit, it serves a purpose. Once you peel off the orange peel, do you need it? You don't need it at all. It has no purpose at all. So he says, the Rebbe, that the klipot are purely motarot. 
their what's it called the excesses excesses that a person doesn't need and also excess mean it's not something within your reach within you it's something you go out of your way to go like a person who has a ta'ava to a cigarette or alcohol or to do some type of a vera he has to go out in order to feel satisfaction in the end there's no satisfaction because the pasuk he brings is it's only atzvut <laughs> there's no kdusha at all in what you're looking for a person is looking there's a chocolate bar oh, I have to eat that chocolate bar I have to get a cigarette I have to do a ta'ava so he feels he's going to get satisfaction but there's no satisfaction at all it's pure motarot so what do you gain? nothing only atzvut so that's this pasuk Rabbeinu brings bechol etzev yem motar the clip are called motarot and that's automatically atzvut because the pasuk says bechol etzev yem motar you should know that if you are gonna if you have motarot that's going to lead to sadness it's atzvut sadness atzvut is really detrimental the Ramban, he's the first one really to bring this out, that the word for sadness, atzvut, is the same word for the nervous system, the atzabim. Why? Atzabim, by the way, not like the gidim. I think it's the gidim or the vridim. The vridim, right? You have where the blood is flowing in the body, that's the blood control. But the nerves, not with blood, the nerves is shooting the energy throughout the body. Blood is being transferred throughout all the limbs, in order to keep them alive, to keep them clean and fresh and everything. But it's the nervous system, that tzavim, that make the movement, the actual movement, okay? What determines the person's movement? That he has simcha. His simcha to live gives him the health, motivation to be proper. When a person, chas shalom, starts getting bad smooth, God forbid, the first area to be affected is the nervous system. He's heavy, it's he can't move, right? It's for your dime. It's for your dime. says in lesson 56, okay, also lesson 2, part 2, he goes into that. In lesson 4, part 2 also, they go into the, the system of the atzvut, making the heaviness, okay? What's needed is simcha to battle this. If not, <laughs> we're finished. So he says here that atzvut, the Ramban shows that this is why atzvut is, is the biggest, is a very big avera. And it's pikuach nefesh. A person has to do everything not to fall into depression and sadness because that will damage their health to the degree where it can't be helped anymore. Chas A person gets depressed and sad and everything. And he said, this, this makes sense what Rabbeinu says, that simcha is the, is the biggest healer. Because simcha allows the nervous system to function properly. If the nervous system is functioning properly, you can do things. And if you're doing things, you can stay healthy. When, a person, when does a person get sick? When he's at home all day and he's tired and he's sad, he can't move and everything, then we're worried for a person. It deteriorates. It deteriorates, exactly. Because it's not using, they say in English, if you don't use it, lose it. <laughs> if you don't use your legs, you're going to lose them. If you don't use your, your body parts, you're going you're to lose them. Right? So, atzvut, sadness, the, the nervous system are directly related. And it's just show that you have to work to keep them alive to have major, major simcha. Here, by showing, see, there's many interpretations on this pasuk. There's many. The pshat of the pasuk, Bechol Etzev Yemotar, is explained in a positive light. Here, in this Gemara, how are they explaining it? How, how is Rabbi Yirmiya saying it to Rabbi Zera? Bechol Etzev Yemotar. If you have some atzvut, if you have some serious look of atzvut, Yemotar, there'll be a benefit. It's much more better. The, the pshat of the pasuk in Mishle is, Etzev is from Bitzavon Tochelena, Parnasa, the money, because they're called Atzabim. The, Elole, the, the gods of gold and silver are called Atzabehem. Atzabehem, we say in Halal, right? The Atzabim, we say every morning in Shacharit also. So the Atzabim is also money. As Bechol Etzev, when a person has Parnasa, Yemotar, he'll have an, a benefit. He'll have life, he'll have money, he'll have sustenance, he'll have nourishment. All the, all the Pshat on the Pasuk, the commentaries explain in a positive vein. Here, Rabbein was explaining it in the exact opposite direction. He's saying, Bechol Etzev, Yomotar. Where there's Motarot, which is Klipot, there's Atzvut. <laughs> That's Atzvut. That's the realm of Atzvut. Which is why he says, by doing Mitzvot Besimcha, you're released from the Atzvut. You're released from the Klipot. Because the antithesis of Klipot is Simcha. If you're able to be Besimcha, you're able to get out of the Atzvut, okay? We'll go back to this to show how we can relate. Because that's one of the biggest things. Take Rabbeinu's Chidush and then show how it's hinted to in the Pshat. But just now, with Rabbeinu's insight, 
Look at this Gemara. Okay? In the Gemara, it fits in beautifully. Rabbi Yirmir is saying to Rabbi, his Rabbi, Rabbi Zera, the reason, he said, the reason, sorry, sorry, Rabbi Zera told his student, Rabbi Yirmiya, I'm sorry, I, I, got, I got lost there also, that the reason why I'm happy and not sad is because I'm putting on tefillin. I'm zochet to put on my tefillin, and that's why I'm not sad, okay? He was saying, you sh- we're normally sad. He said, I'm not sad because I'm putting on tefillin. So what? That's the idea of tefillin, the mitzvah. He was happy in doing the mitzvah of tefillin. Because of that, there's no atzvut. That's, that's Rabbeinu's chidushim. The Indian of tefillin being, uh, being the source of simcha is brought down many places in Rav Nosson's letters, Alim Chufa, many places in Likutei Tfilot, many places in Likutei Alachot, and Rabbeinu himself connects simcha to tefillin in Likutei Moran Lesson 5, Part 2, Tinyana, okay? What's the idea? Is Hashem gives us an advantage to start our day off right. We have the mitzvah to do in the morning, when in the beginning of the day, even before the day starts, ideally from nets, going from sunrise into into the sunrise, right? From alot hashachar dawn into 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 to, to, to the nets, we start off the day with tefillin, because tefillin is the key for simcha, and that's to show that the whole day is starting on the right foot. He says on the highest terms of nosim that a Jew has to be so happy when he puts on his tefillin in the morning. You know, he walks to shul. Like you put on, most people try to put on tefillin outside of the Beit Midrash and enter the shul. There's an inyan, according to the Arizal, properly, that a person should put on tefillin at home and walk to shul for tefillin. But it's hard for the most of the people. They live far. Also, there's dirt and garbage on the street. So you can't wear tefillin in front of them. So what many people do is they go out of the Beit Midrash to a side room. They put on the tefillin, talit and tefillin there. And when they enter the Beit Midrash, already with the tefillin and the, and the talit. That, that act is such an act of simcha. He brings down Rav Nassim in many places in the Kutei Arachot, that walking in, or just wearing, putting on your tefillin and going to, to, to start davening should be enough to bring a Jew enough simcha for the entire day. That's how powerful it is, the idea of putting on, on tefillin, especially in the morning. That's, that, that's, the, that's the time for it. That, that this, this is the key for a simcha for the entire day. Baruch Hashem, the idea of the tefillin, okay? So here, he said, I'm, I have both, both Rabbanim, the, 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 the Talmud, Ba'abaye, and the Rabbi, Rabbi Zera, they both said, I'm wearing tefillin, and what's the idea? Is I'm able to extract from the klipot just by doing a mitzvah besimcha. That's the, Rabbeinu's chidush is, simcha ta mitzvah is like what the ktorat does. We said this in the last class. Ktorat has the ability to go into the klipot, to kill them, and extract the holiness. Rabbeinu says here, Simchat HaMitzvah does the exact same thing and even more. And that's what's needed for today. Simchat HaMitzvah is what you need in order to go into the klipot. You would think the opposite. In order to go into the klipot, I have to be sad, I have to be down, I have to be negative. And that's the way I can extract. So you say, no, that's not necessary at all. You don't have to even stick your foot into the realm of sadness in order to reach out and extract the holiness that's there. You have to go in to extract the holiness that's there, but you don't need to be batzvut, okay? With that said, look at the Gemara again. The Gemara says that Abaye answered to his Rebbe Rabbah, uh, I, I don't need the Pasuk, that I should rejoice in Rada, in shaking, because I have something greater than that attitude. What's like the Vigilu Birada? That I'll be happy but out of fear and trepidation because I'm now going into the realm of the Tuma to extract the holiness, okay? So he said, that's not necessary even for me because I have the tefillin. Here was the Rebbe telling his Talmud that. Why was the Rebbe, Rabbah, telling Abaye that? Because it could be that Rabbah felt that Abaye wasn't at the level yet of, you know, of extracting and not being in Ra'ada. So he said to him, the power of a mitzvah of tefillin, of, and, and of any mitzvah, is so powerful that even somebody who's not a rabbi, that's only a Talmud, Abai at the time was the Talmud of Rabbah, even someone who's at a Talmud level, which means he's not yet at the level to be protected for sure when entering the domain of Klipot to extract the holiness and come back alive, he doesn't have the guarantee because he's a Talmud. He's, he's telling him the Eitzah of of doing the mitzvah besimcha is so strong that I can, it's enough for me just to be besimcha to do all the job. 
I don't have to feel the ra'ada on a real painful, expressive way in order to extract from the holiness. This is the Talmud. Now the opposite, that now Rabbi Yirma, Rabbi Yirmiya said to Rabbi Zera, you know, you should have some sad look. Why should you have a sad look? This brings us to a sikha, I think, in Chaim Waran, that Rabbeinu warned his followers, be happy always, and express your happiness, and smile. And if you see that me, I'm sometimes, or most of the time, I have a sad face, don't learn from me, Rabbeinu said in Chaim Waran, don't learn from me, because us, the descendants of the Baal Shem Tov, he said, in, in, for example, my uncle, Rabbi Baruch of Meshboj also, we are accustomed to walk around with a sad face because we have Levin Ishbar. We have a broken heart. Descendants of David HaMelech, sorry. Descendants of David HaMelech, we have a Levin Ishbar as, as a nature. But Rabbeinu said, that's not, that's not a good enough answer. He added something else. He said, furthermore, I'm busy nonstop working hard to make new paths for you to follow and tread upon in order to serve Hashem. I have to go through a jungle where there's bushes growing there for hundreds, an analogy. There's bushes and trees growing for thousands of years. There's never, there hasn't been a path here for so for who knows long. And I have to cut and cut and cut and remove and then go back and cut more and remove. And it says it's such a hard job. So because of that, I give the expression that I'm having a sad face. But the truth is, I really am besimcha. Since I have a big burden on my shoulders, that I can't express my simcha. That's also, by the way, I just want to go off a second. You have people, if they have no like physical pain or pressure, they'll be besimcha. Just that they're going through so much, they can't do the mitzvah besimcha. Not because, oh, look at this guy, he's always sad. He's too overwhelmed with the pain he's going through. This person has physical pain. So you can't expect him to, to serve Hashem with outward simcha because the pain is overwhelming. There are times like that. that you have, sometimes that people have pain and it's too much. They, they are really besimcha, but the pain is just overwhelming them that they can't right now be besimcha. But if now there was no physical pain, they, when they can focus on what they're doing, they would for sure be the ones who are besimcha. It just doesn't another external factor causing them, like an obstacle preventing it. But, but it's not that, the, that they're depressed, chasashalam. They, they're happy, but they're just overwhelmed by something on the side. This is the case of many people, many tzaddikim also. That they may seem sad and everything, but it's because they're such, they have a pain or, or they didn't sleep all night. Like um, in the story of uh, Rabbeinu on the way back from Eretz Yisrael with his uh, student, and they stopped off in uh, Rhodes, the island of Rhodes. And by miracle, the captain let the Rabbeinu's student off the ship. It was the of Pesach, the day right before Pesach. And that way he was able to bring back to Rabbeinu matzot and wine and meat and all the food they need for the seder. It was an absolute miracle. And the captain led the student the next day on the first day of Yom Tov to go. And it says there in Shif Haran, in the book of Nachman's Wisdom, that he came back, when he came back to the ship, he looked very sad. And Rabbeinu got worried, uh-oh, maybe there's bad news. He, and he said, what happened? And the student didn't want to talk to the Rebbe. So the Rebbe started panicking, this must be bad news. So after an hour, two hours, he woke up. He said, please forgive me. They gave me so much wine to drink that I got drunk. And it looked like I was sad. I looked like I was, I was sad. But, but, I, but I wasn't sad. He says, there's no bad news. They're going to do Pijon. On, uh, they're waiting after Yom Tov. They're, they're, going to, they're going to come to do Pijon Shvuyim. And don't worry, everything's great. And that's what happened in the end. But he gave the impression of being somewhat sad because he was drunk. He was over drunk. He didn't want to drink, but they pressed him to drink wine on Yom Tov, the student. He wasn't used to drinking. So he had a, 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 a depressed and very heavy ex- a, a, a face and expression, right? So you see that not always is the sadness on the face an expression of uh, sadness, okay? So here, though, Rabbi Yirmiya held Rabbi, Zer, held Rabbi Zer as being such a tzaddik that he should be having etzev on his face. So he asked his Rebbe, Bechol etzev yemotar, won't there be an advantage of you having atzvut? Plus, if you are tzaddik, I don't hold myself, Rabbi Yirmiya, to have the ability to go into the klipot and extract I believe you can do it. But in order to do it, you have to have etzev yemotar. In order to go to the klipot, you see this is how Rabbeinu now, Rabbeinu's explanation fits in with the pshat. 
The pshat is, when you have atzvut, when you have a bit of atzvut, yemotah, there's a benefit. In other words, to be not so happy, but limited happy. Rabbi Elu's coming teaches the opposite. Rabbi Elu's coming teaches to be, yes, to be extremely happy in doing the mitzvah. No limitation. That's what Rabbi Elu's coming to teach us in lesson 24. Okay? But the pshat is, no, the opposite. Bechol etzev, when you're ba'atzvut, yemotar. How does Rabbi Elu's explanation fit in? Bechol etzev, yemotar, that you, you, and you have to go to the realm of atzvut in, the, in order to extract from the motarot. Okay? And I'm holding you, Rabbi Zera, at holding at that level. Which means, like the descendants of David Melech, you should have a sad face. Rabbi Zera said the power of the mitzvot and the simcha of mitzvot is so, so powerful. There is no room at all whatsoever to show a sad face at all. It's instead of it. It's wiped out. Finished. No longer having a need to have etzev in order to go to the klipo, the motar, to extract anymore. You don't need that anymore. What does that instead? Simcha and mitzvot, okay? You have a mitzvah coming your way. If you manage to have the schud, the merit, to feel the intense joy of doing that mitzvah, you've done the job. You've done the job. That's what does it. This is Rabbeinu's biggest insight here. It's, it's unbelievable. It says you want to get out of the hechalat murot. You want to get out of the klipot? Do the mitzvot you're doing b'simcha. That's how you get out. It's unbelievable. Where do you hear such a thing? Where did you hear such a thing? How you're doing the mitzvot is the solution to your problems. <laughs> Where do you hear such a thing? It's such a chidush. It's un- when you think about it, it's unbelievable. Okay, really. So here in this story, we have from the Rebbe to the Talmud and from the Talmud to the Rebbe. Why? To show us how powerful it is doing a mitzvah b'simcha and in particular putting on tefillin, yes, tefillin should be one of the highest simchas of a Jew, okay? It should be one of the biggest simchas that a person has tefillin in it. So the question is, why does Rabbeinu take such an extreme example in lesson Razamra, Shalos Anigoy? Why in Rish Pebet does Rabbeinu say the example, Bochushem put on tefillin? Why does he go so far? At least I'm not a goy, okay? So it seems, uh, the answer is pretty obvious. It would seem that you have those people who are not putting on tefillin. <laughs> they're so far, they can't put on tefillin. I know people like that. I know people, they're so depressed. They're so upside down by what they're going through in life. They can't even have koach to get out of bed and to put on tefillin. I know some people that all day, especially a lot of bachorim are like that, a lot of teenagers, unfortunately, they have this problem, that they're going through so much all day, like 10 minutes before shkia, they quickly put on their tefillin and say, Gretsch, my woman, tefillin. What they're going through, people. Okay? Actually, they're potter because they're they're not to have atzvot, But the chidush is that tefillin bring you to simcha. Yeah, but, but they don't know that. For a little bit on them, they're exempt from the tefillin because they have no simcha. But Rabbeinu gives example to Shadrach Maragoy, because that's not my doing. That is like the ultimate floor of starting point for a Jew to be besimcha, because you didn't do it. It's not like you're doing. He said, putting on tefillin is you putting on tefillin. I can't do it. I can't, I can't do anything right now. Ah, when you can't do anything, it's going. But once you begin to do, what's the first thing Chabad go out to get people to do? Put on tefillin. Put on tefillin. Makes sense. That take this mitzvah, get Jews to connect, because the power of the tefillin is so powerful to get a person in tune with the light of the tefillin. He has what to be happy about for the whole day, Bezat Hashem. That's the idea. But you see how, we didn't finish it. There's a, this pasuk is very deep. There's many ways how to explain this pasuk. We see how, where, where Rabbeinu is coming from. That he says, Bechol etzev motar, That whenever there is motarot, uh, that's a sign of atzvut. So automatically, simcha is the opposite of the klipot. A point they didn't mention is that we said, if you remember in the Ketoret, in the Ketoret, there's 11 sfirot. In other words, and not in the Ketoret, in the the reason why the Torah has 11 fragrances is in order to subdue the 11 spherot of the Klippa. And we ask the question, how, how do you get 11? There's 10. There's 10 spherot. So they say, the, the, the Kabbalists explain, the 10 spherot of the evil side cannot gain their energy from the 10 spherot of holiness directly. They cannot. That's a rule in the Kabbalah that the Tumah has no kedusha within it. The ten spheres of holiness, they have energy inside of them coming from a kadosh Bochu directly. Okay, the 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 kedusha 
like it stopped. The 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 kedusha. Okay, just to continue that idea, you have uh, eleven uh, the 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 sfirot, the ten sfirot of holiness. They they have inside them kedusha. Okay, the ten sfirot of the klipa they have nothing within them at all. They can and, and the and the and the sfirot of kedusha refuse, don't allow any kedusha from them to be taken in to create ten sfirot. So where does it come from? The chelbena which is corresponding to the lowest sphere and the holiness, the Malchut, has in it a galbanim, has a reach ra. They say from the chelbena is made what's called the levona, the same letters. Chelbena, inside you have levona, okay? Which becomes this makif, this higher light, taken to the side of the klipa. And from that or makif, number 11, the other, the 10 spirit of the impurity they gain their nourishment from. But what's the point? They have no Kedusha inside of them whatsoever. Inside of them, there's no Kedusha. The Kedusha is being borrowed from the Levon, the number 11, this Or Makif. So the Klipot, what they do, uh, the, the, the Ktoret, what it does, is that it wipes out, the, the, it removes the Kedusha from each of the 10, and then when it gets to Levona and kills it, automatically all the Klipot just lose everything. And all the Kedusha is taken away, but it wasn't from the 10. It was from the number 11. It just gets the number 11. To get the number 11, you have to go through all the 10. The malchut of the sitra and all the way up, 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 up. When it gets to number 11, the levona of the klipa, and it wipes it out there, automatically all the 10, they lose their energy. So they point out the commentaries, on the, the breast of commentaries also, that you see that the klipa has no kedusha in it at all. It's all outside. The, it's multi- <laughs> the kedusha that it's borrowing is outside of it, as opposed to a Jew, in Simcha, in Kedusha, everything is everything is right next to you. You don't have to go far. The person feels the grass is greener on the other side. That's the expression, right? That's the trick. The trick is the grass is green on the other side. The person begins to think, oh, if I was there, it would be better. If I was living in Tzfat, it would be better than living in Yerushalayim. If I was doing this, if I was there, if I was like everybody, when a person begins to compare himself to other people in class and all that stuff, you know, the peer pressure. Yeah, if I was only like them, if only that. It's all empty. It's all not true. It's all sheker. Because the Kedusha is something within, within inside of When a person feels motarot, motar means excess. It's outside of me. It's far. Then you know that that's a klipa. And that was only atzvut. It can only lead to atzvut. True simcha, right? His Rabbeinu says, azamra lelokai beodi. Odi, it's, it's not odd, just an odd. But Odi, the odd that's inside of me, it's part of me, right? The mitzvot that I have access to to make me happy are accessible. They're within me, they're right, they're right reach. But the, the klipot, they make you feel you have to go out, motarot, motarot. And in the end, like Rav Lassen says clearly in the Kutanachot, these people have no true simcha. The people who run after motarot, they're never happy. Never happy. Yeah. I'm just also going, I don't go that far. I just see these new fancy, schmancy, gourmet restaurants in Giula and Shamgar that are made for all these religious people, okay? And I see the people's faces, and they're buying like these expensive sushi dishes, and, you know, kosher, mahadrin, expensive food, and I don't see anybody really happy. You see people, no one's smiling, no one's enjoying, they're just feeling, pretending as if they're going to get some hana'a from this expensive, expensive food that you don't really need. And all that excess is, and you don't see the happiness on their faces. It's so weird. You don't go so far to, to that far. It's just in, in our neighborhoods and everything, you can see that also happening already. The person has to work on being bisimcha on, on what he has. It's not easy. So if Nosin says in the Kutel Hot pretty clearly, because it's not easy, it's to connect to the simcha of what you're doing. You have a mitzvah in front of you, and you can't be happy. What, what's going on? Why am I not happy? I have Shabbat. I'm doing Shabbat. And I should be feeling like a king. And I don't. I put on my talit in the morning. And I don't feel the simcha. I put on my tefillin. And I don't feel the simcha. What's wrong with me? Do I have a psychological problem? Do I have a mental problem? Do I need a tipul? What's my problem? So Nosson says, because of this, a person needs a tzaddik in his life. The tzaddik 
is the one who shines the light of the mitzvah. This tzaddik, he opened the door. Whenever tzaddik opened the door, that tzaddik now is responsible for shining that light to everybody else. It's like that famous story in Tzfat that the, the Rav Yosef Karo had a deep question that bothered him for a long time. And just to come up to the, to the question took many months to, for him to ask the question in the first place. And he asked the Maggi, that angel, and the Maggi refused to answer him until he pressured and pressured and dove into Hashem to have the merit to have the answer and finally got the answer. And the next day, Rav Yosef Kar was walking on a street in the Tzfat and he passed by a shul where a rabbi was giving a class to regular workers, regular balabatim, regular people. And someone from the audience asked the same question that Yosef Karo asked. And the simple rabbi, was a rabbi, but it was a simple rabbi, gave the answer. And Yosef Karo was so broken, right? He was so broken because until he got the question, until he got the answer, what he had to go through. And here now people are asking the question and getting the answer. So the Magid told Rav Yosef Karo, you opened, the, you opened the way. Because you opened the door, so now it's accessible to other people. So too, Rav Nosan explains, the tzaddikim, who may appear to be sad, <laughs> right? They work hard opening the pathway for this light, especially this Eitzah of the Simcha. These tzaddikim opened the door, okay? Don't forget, when Rabbeinu revealed this lesson, his face was on fire. It could be that he, he could have had the face on fire beforehand and then afterwards he gave the lesson. No, that we're taught that Rabbeinu, when we revealed this lesson, his face was mamash on fire. It could be that he was tapping into these teach, teachings at the time when he revealed them. He was opening the door for us to experience this. So now that means that even though I may attempt to fulfill this advice of this, of this tzaddik, I will need the assistance of the tzaddikim to help me to do it. Which means, this is another thing we mourn over in the Tisha B'Av, in the three, day, three weeks, culminating in Tisha B'Av. We cry over that we don't have enough of the light of the tzaddik in our life to give us this push to appreciate what we're doing. We're doing everything, but we don't appreciate it. We're putting on tefillin every morning. We're the mikveh. We keep Shabbat, Yom Kippur. We do all. We do tons of mitzvah today. Bo Hashem, in the Mahadrin, in Mahadrin, the way we have sukkah today, Jews 200 years ago could only dream of having a kosher sukkah like we do. Bo Hashem, we have all the mitzvot perfect that we have. You know, kosher, cleaned chasa and gush katif products and everything. All the greeneries, you know, and there's bug free and everything is super clean. They could only dream 200 years ago to have that. That we have kosher meat and chicken, you know, ready, packaged, all you have to do is just put it in the oven and it's ready to eat. And they, 100 years ago, they had to take it to the shochet and then you had to cut it and then they had to, to, to it. Then you had to clean it and salt it and, and check what's going on and, until they had a kosher piece of meat to eat and then put it in their mouth, okay? They would, they would plot to see how we're doing so easily with technology that we have halacha met lemahadrin min mahadrin in our sukh, in our lulav, etrog, <coughs> and all the mitzvot we do, we have, it, we have it pretty going pretty well, okay? So why are we happy? What's wrong? That shows that there's pressure from the sitra, from the klipa, from the atzvot. You have the mitzvah in front of you, he doesn't want you to appreciate it. But I'm doing the mitzvah. But there's a blockage between me doing the mitzvah and doing the mitzvah v'simcha. I want to bridge it. I want to bridge it. I'm saying pitmaktorit, which, which is a big segula. And yet, even the, even the Pitmaktor, the Segula, I'm not mad at you to do it properly, because he says to say it with concentration. Saying Pitmaktor, my, my head is flying here, there. So because the Rav Nosen says, the, what we're mourning about in the three weeks leading to Tisha B'Av is we're mourning that the, the light of the Tzaddik has been darkened. If the light of the Tzaddik shines, the whole world will come back to Hashem. If the light of the Tzaddik is shining, I can easily do the Mitzvot B'Simcha, because I have this light shining on me, okay? I was thinking that it's hinted to in Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera, <coughs> Zer is like a crown. He's like a crown. When you have a crown on the head, it gives you, what's it called, attention. It's a, there's no hesachadat, Zer, okay? Also Rabbi with Abaye, I don't know what Abaye, that's another thing about the Talmud called Abaye. But with Rabbi Zera, there's a chidush there, that the, 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 the light of the tzaddik is shining, and when it's shining, then it's easy to be happy in doing the mitzvot. This, Rav Nosson says, is what we cry about. We, we cry in order to turn the effer 
to Pe'er, Pe'er Tachat Efer, the same letters, that if now a person feels he's doing mitzvot, but it's like Efer, it's like dirt, it's like dust, ashes, he feels no benefit in what he's doing, he knows Simcha, but it, I know it's here though, this is the solution, it's right next to me. If a person mourns enough, he can turn his Efer into Pe'er, and this is Parut, Pe'er is the idea of the crown also, right, they call it crown. Rabbi Zerah, his name, Rabbi Zerah, I was thinking about the Zer, Zer Zahav, Right, zer means like a, a crown of nothing, says uh, the Rashi says, right? So, but so this is the point that a motarot, when a person feels a need for something outside, that's klipot, and there'll be no benefit that comes out of that. Person's in line and he sees a chocolate bar, he doesn't need the chocolate bar, he's but he's waiting in line and he's about to pay for it to buy, buy groceries that he does need at home for the kids the cereal, the milk, the vegetables, the meat, stuff that they need. But then he sees the chocolate bar, he doesn't need it, and it's tempting. And they put it right in front of him, right in front of the cashier, right? So he, he, he can't withhold, he buys it, thinking the chocolate will soothe him. But just the opposite happens. Just the opposite. He gets angry, he gets sad, something, something happens to make him upset and everything. You would think, what's it connected to the chocolate bar? It is. Because once a person allows the motarot into himself, that allows the atzvut. And once atzvut is around the klipot, they use the creation to make a person down, to make a person to feel... Atzvot. So we should be zoche. What's the difference between Atzvot and Lagnishmer? The Atzvot, the, this I forgot to say it totally, I forgot. The books of Dikduk, they explain that the word Atzvot is connected to the word of Azav because the Tzadik and the Zayn from the same Motza out of the mouth, right? Zas Sharatz, Tzadik and Zayn. So they say that Atzvot means from the root of Izavon. Itzavon, when a person feels left out, I feel left out, I feel like garbage, I feel I have no value, okay? That is atzvot. A person feels, Hashem doesn't need me, Hashem doesn't need my tefillin, my tefillin are a joke, my davening is a joke, my life is a joke, my Yiddishkeit is a joke, it's of no value. It's azuv. Whereas, uh, Rabbeinu says, Lev Nishmar is like a child crying, to his tati to give him something. Why does the child cry to his tati to give him something? Because the child feels he is important. The child, he feels that his demands are right, are correct. I, I want this candy now because I am important and I need this candy. This belongs to me. I, I, the child has, believe it or not, a self-confidence. That's what Rav Zusha said. One of the three things you can learn from a child is that they're akshanim, right? And they're always besimcha. And they're always busy doing something. Okay, they're all interrelated, whatever Zusha said. That the, 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 they have self-confidence, the children. It's as they get older, they start getting depressed and sad because uh, they begin to feel lack of self-confidence. They lose it. They begin to lose it, chas shalom, right? But a child, like Rabbi says, 11 bars, you, you know you need this, and you have a broken heart that I don't have it. Even person, Hashem, I just want to serve you. You think I need these things? I'm doing this I need to serve you. This is not what you want from me, so show me what you want. But Hashem, I know, I have to be Numan Rosh Hashanah. Hashem, I know, I have to put on tefillin. Hashem, I know I have to get married, I have to have kids. This is for you, Hashem, not just for me. It's for you. That's the Lev Nishbar, that you know that this is the right thing to do. But now Hashem is making you frustrated, you get mixed messages, so you get, you get lost. Or Hashem, so make it clear. Do you want this or do you not want this? Do you want me to serve you out of simcha? Or do you want me to serve you out of sadness? This is what you want, Hashem? You want me to serve you out of sadness? If Hashem, this is what you want, you want me to suffer like this, then let me accept the simcha be'emunah, and I'll do it. But if this is not what you want, so get me out of here. What is this? I'm stuck here. Like Rabbi Yisrael Kaduner, he had no shoes. His shoes wore out because he used to walk every week from Tzfat to Meron, or a few times he used to walk a lot from Tzfat to Meron and back and learn Mishnayot off by heart. It was a big time chacham Rabbi Yisrael Kaduner. And his shoes got worn out. So he woke up one morning, he didn't have shoes. So he said to Hashem, or give me the shoes that I need, or give me the dot that I don't need the shoes. <laughs> the same thing with Hashem. Hashem, or give me what I need, because I believe I know I need that to serve you, but if you know better than me, and I don't need this, so give me the dot that I don't need it. Give me dot means to be calm and happy and accepting the situation. You can accept the situation when you're happy. When you're sad, you can't accept the situation. So you ask Hashem, <laughs> I, want to be, I want to do your will, Hashem. This is what you want. Give me the quach, accept it. How does 
yearning. Yearning. More of a yearning. Whereas atzvut, I don't care. No one cares about if a person feels left out. He's always just focusing, focusing on being ne'ezav. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a tzaddik who's ne'ezav. Right? I've never seen a tzaddik ne'ezav. The word ne'ezav means atzuv. Yosef atzaddik is the example, the epitome of simcha. Right? Rav Nosen brings down this example of Yosef. That Bedafka, he was in Egypt and he was so happy. And it says he was mefazezu mecharker. He was clapping and making funny movements like, like David Melech did in front of the Arona Kodesh. And Michal was making fun of him. Right? His wife, Michal. But David and Yosef at Tzadik, Rav Nosen connects Yosef and David. They reach this level of realizing that when you're in the Klippa in Egypt, in the Tuma, wherever, you have to clap and you have to be happy. It says that. That he was jumping around and making jokes. Yosef Tzadik. Right? That was a secret. This is what it fits in. Rabbi Zera sang here. <clears throat> because the clippers are without the Kedusha, only the Makib of the Levoina, and therefore they feel this atzvot, this, uh, this abandonment. The, the clippers? Yeah. They are. They are atzvot. They are. They are the essence of atzvot. Because they have nothing inside of them. They feel empty. When a person feels and empty. This makes them wrong seeking in the whole world, maybe there is that Running to the Kedusha, why does Esav so badly want to hurt Yaakov? Because he's empty, he has nothing. He feels the satisfaction, satisfaction will be by trying to take the Kedusha and bring it into the Tumah. But whenever he tries to do that, like Rabbi says, lesson 25, as soon as they try to take the money of the Jewish people, the light goes back to the Jewish people. They come back, there's nothing here. So they try to take more money, and there's nothing here. And that's how it is. The Klippa feels always take more from the, from the Kedusha, more from the Kedusha, but it's not getting anywhere. It's not getting anywhere. We have to go back to get what they took, because it's, it is Kedusha, but by them, it's hollow. Because when a person feels he has to take from the other in order to have satisfaction, or take from somewhere outside to have satisfaction, that's not true simcha. Ezu ashir hasameach bechelko. Right, chelko is the chelki amar. Rabbeinu says, listen, the chelik is the is the nefesh, is the shechina, and that's how the person chelki nafshi. Rashi, I think you remember that pasuk. Chelki amar. Rashi, Rabbeinu brings the pasuk with Rashi. Nafshi, my soul told me, my chelik, which is the nefesh. Right? Also, the main part of the way how the clippers get the, the unique is through our atzvot from the mitzvah. That's how they gain. When there's atzvot, when we're, when we're going through atzvot, it's because the clippers are trying to steal from us. Same Period. This fill is nothing worth. So then that's how they Yeah, I mean, that, that's the sign that they're yeah. under attack. Lesson two, part two. That in the weekday, they have a unique. They have a unique. From the raglan. From the raglan. Right. That's this lesson also. He he, he ties Rav Nosson ties in that, that, that point yeah. into this lesson, this lesson twenty four. Yeah. And therefore, even Tishabov, we shouldn't feel nezav. The proof that we don't feel nezav is that it's a moed. There's no tachanun. There's no tachanun on Tishabov. You're putting on Yom Kippur shoes. You're not eating. You're sitting on the floor, and you're not doing tachanun. You would think if you're already doing all that. So yes, do tachanun. No, ajaba. We don't, we don't do tachanun because there's some type of a simcha here. There is a joy hidden inside. This is the key for my simcha. Whoever is mitabel al chuban zocheh bebinyana. If you mourn, you'll get to the, to, you'll get to the simcha. So many people, they can't handle mourning. They can't handle negative people. Don't tell me something negative. I don't want to hear anything negative. I don't want to hear negative. negative. People are like that. They're always trying to flee from reality. By us, it's the opposite. The key to true being true simcha is experiencing, coping with the, the avilut, knowing how to deal with it. <clears throat> Going through it, and yet not being affected by it in, in, in but, sadness. But um, how do we teach about now? How could we not feel this uh, nazav in Tishabav and feel close to Hashem you can cry out of Lev Nishbar on Tishabah or you can cry out of sadness what's the bear? what's the Lev Nishbar is like we said I have the self-confidence and Hashem I know we need this this is part of me this is is the the Beit HaMikdash and the Tzadikim are what I need Hashem to come close to you so I'm crying out of the yearning for these items the yearning the yearning as opposed to I have nothing, I'm garbage, I'm finished, my life is over. And crying out of that, that's crying out of atzvot. 
Hashem hasn't forsaken us, even with the, he promised all the Nevi'ah that it's going to be rebuilt, so it's not that he has forsaken us. Proof to that, right now, yeah, proof to that is what Rav Nosen says, in the middle of Eicha, you have the biggest psukim of hope in the Torah. Chazni Hashem, Kilotamnu. Where does that pasuk come from? In the middle of Echa, and where Rav Nosson points out, the pasukim start getting harder and harder and harder. About like it's, there's like there's no hope, there's no hope, there's no hope, and all of a sudden, Al Ken Ochil, Al Ken Omar, Chazni Hashem. Rav Nosson points out the biggest pasukim of hope are Dafka in the book of Echa. What's going on? That's the thing. Is that as deep as we feel the pain of the reality of the situation? Dafka, because I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm saying it out of a broken heart, not out of atzvut, I get to the next pasuk of hope. That chazdi Hashem kilotamnu chadashim labekarim rabbi munatecha, right? Dov yachil etshuat Hashem. The psukim that there's hope come as a result because I'm saying, I'm expressing the pain of going through feeling that this has been taken away from me, but I need it. And I'm saying I need it, and I have hope that I'm going to get to it. Chazdi Hashem kilotamnu, I feel the water is drowning me and I'm finished. I'm about to say, Yehush, no, the psukim of hope. You understand? Right into that. This is the idea. This is the difference between a Levinish bar and, on, and, and uh, the majority of the world, they have a hard time with this because they don't know what genuine simcha is in the first place. If, and because they know what genuine simcha is, their whole day is in atzvut. So just give them more difficulty, they'll turn into more atzvut. But, that, but that, that shows that they're far from simcha. They're far from, they don't know what true simcha is. Like, like uh, Rav Nosen and the Rabbi, they spoke about the people in Berdichev. They're just running after money, money. Like he said, I, I heard in their voices just a cry for money, money. And how not, Rav Nosen was telling the, the Rabbi that you see the people, the, the rich people, that they're, they're never satisfied. They're always running and running and running. They're never happy. They're never happy. So it, Rav Nosen brings down that most, most people in their life never experienced true simcha ever. Simcha of a mitzvah is very rare. To find the Jews happy doing a mitzvah, it doesn't come across. The, 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 the fact that the majority of people, they get up every morning to shul, put on their tefillin, and within 20 minutes they finish their davening and they took their cup of coffee and they went to work, and that's their life. It shows you where they're holding. It shows you where their simcha is. Their simcha, they, they, don't, they don't have simcha. Proof is, if you had simcha, you would appreciate this mitzvah more than any other mitzvah. You would appreciate putting on the tefillin, right? There's a mitzvah to kiss the tefillin. Right? There's an Indian. The halakha says, Tamidi Chachamim are accustomed to kissing their tefillin a lot. Not just like, you know, once, a lot. A few times, every stage, putting it in the box, kissing it. Putting it on the arm, kissing it. Taking it off, kissing it. You know, every stage to show the chibuk, the connection, the affection, the affinity to this mitzvah more than other mitzvot as the key for simcha. You can see a person where they're holding on and, and how they put on the tefillin. And that famous story of Zusha, Rav Zusha of all people who was always happy, that he put on the tefillin and walked in the shuk and the, the goyim were so panicked and afraid, right? And they ran away. So the Talmudim said to, to Rav Zusha, we, uh, you know, why, why, why are they running away? He said, because they saw my tefillin. They said, but we also wear tefillin. He said, yeah, but it says tefillin sheberosh, not tefillin al harosh, tefillin on the head. Tefillin that are in the head. If the tefillin are a part of you, the tefillin are a part of you, which is the simcha of the tefillin, okay? Then you have the gilu birada, happening to the goyim. The gilu, their trepidation, they're afraid. I'm happy, and the ra'ada applies to the, to the goyim now, okay? But me, I don't need to have that at all. Rabbeinu's gift to us is if you do simcha ta mitzvah, you wipe out all the enemies automatically. It's similar to how Rav Nosen explains the story of Rabbi Yishob bin Hananya, which is, this is one of the stories, the lesson 24 is based on one of the stories of the, of the story of Rosh Hashem Hananya and approaching the wise men of Athens. So Rav Nosen says there, based on lesson number eight, that when Rosh Hashem Hananya wanted to enter the academy of the wise men of Athens, he had to switch his shoe backwards, right? So he says there, Rav Nosen, that the tzaddik, if he begins to feel afraid to subdue the, the sitra the evil, that's only because he hasn't yet worked to fix himself totally. And once the tzaddik fixes himself totally, the enemy falls by himself. He brings down this idea that if the tzaddik works on cleaning himself totally, the enemy falls before him on their own. He doesn't need to do it, do anything. In our context, the exact same thing. If a Jew does the mitzvot besimcha, his enemies fall by themselves. If a Jew is happy with the mitzvot he's doing, 
Hashem does things, He doesn't do anything. No, yes, He doesn't have to do any peula to get things moving. All of a sudden, He gets a phone call, you know, this just happened for you, come here and I'll pick it up. You know, this and that. Things start moving by themselves because He's doing the right thing of doing the mitzvah b'simcha. Hashem wipes out the enemies clean for a person. On, 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 on itself it happens because the person is doing the mitzvah b'simcha. How does it feel you have, to, you have to experience it. It's like you can't give over to somebody the taste of a burger. Somebody who never, never tasted a burger, you can't give over the taste. He has to taste it. Kol chad kefum ma dimsha'er Noda basha'arim Each person, according to their heart, can feel the simcha of a mitzvah. Once you get it, then you know you've had it. But you can't tell, tell over some, somebody else what does it feel to have simcha ta mitzvah. It's... It's Simchat HaMitzah. How? I can't explain it. You have to go through it. You have to go through it to experience it in order to understand it. You can't give it over. But the idea of a tzaddik is that he shines this light into a person to begin to feel the Simchat of doing mitzvot. This comes from the tzaddik initially. He shines. That's what we need. We need we're mourning in, in, in Tisha B'Av that we need tzaddikim to shine their light in my life. It's enough already that I'm trying to run my life on my own. I need a tzaddik. But not any tzaddik. I need this tzaddik, this absolute high-level tzaddik, who can shine his light into my low, low level, relate to me, and let me be happy as I am, where I am, in order to get out. In order to get out, I have to begin to be b'simcha in my situation. Like Rav Zushim Rav Melech in the, the jail, the toilet, that they were happy in their situation that they're serving Hashem. To realize that, then psh, they get lifted up. Alright, I think that was... Uh, we're okay for now. <laughs> to be continued.